this one so because it's um, unpretentious. It's not mm. attempting to say really anything at all. Right? It rules. Yeah, it rules. And that, because yeah. it's like you know, with a, a similar movie, Man on Fire. You know, Which is a let's call it like it is. It's a better movie. Oh, much, yeah, yeah, much better. And this is like you know, pretty much a blatant. Like I can hear like the elevator pitch of this movie being you know, uh, Man on Fire meets John Wick or whatever. I guess John Wick was a contemporary. Do you remember Man on Fire and how cool Denzel Washington was, like killing guys? Yeah. What if he did that with none of the pathos or reflection or real problems? At all? What if, like, he was just old? And then we like tap like some TV property that I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah. Wait. So this is like based on a TV. So I thought I thought this was just like a book or so. So it's a TV series. So it's based on a TV series that ran from 1985 to 1989. Ooh, who did star? I gotta know. Oh, so it stars um Edward Woodward. Who Edward, is Edward. probably best known as the damn guy investigating the Wicker Man <laughs> in the original Wicker Man? Like, uh, oh, was he British? Yeah, I don't know if you. I'm like I said, I've never seen this show, but it's inspired a film trilogy and a reimagined 2021 TV series starring Queen Latifah as Robin McCall. Mm. Uh, which has me straight tripping, boo. Hello, and <laughs> welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy. The show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance of your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Patrick Bremion, and you got me straight equalizing, boo. <laughs> See, there it is. What if Eugene Levy is the manager of the Home Depot? Hey, buddy. What's that would be so... I see we've got some um, Russian terrorists hitting hitting the scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can I help you? <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> They're tearing off my toenails. <laughs> I need someone to equalize. Luckily, I luckily my assistant manager. Apparently, great. Can you imagine? Like you just start a new job. Yeah. Just like one, one of the waiters there, <laughs> your place gets taken over. One of the waiters there, like immediately springs into action and starts creating all of these insane weapons. And you're like watching them kill all the baddies. And you're like, boy, I did not see that coming. I just thought that I played softball with them. <laughs> that would be. I was thinking about that too. I was gonna ask you that same question, Dot. Have you ever had a job like? I know you work from home, but is there anyone? <laughs> Like that, uh, you zoom, you're on zoom calls with where like, oh, he could be an equalizer. So I, so I was a hall warden, safety Mm. warden when I worked at the office and I did like draw up a few Mad Max scenarios in my head, just in case we got stuck in there or the 54-4, it's a diehard Mad Max apocalyptic so, scenario. Some guy named Jumbo Humongous wants to, like, make you his, like, uh, slave or something. Really, really disappointed with the the our patent law work. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Anyway, welcome to the Academy and welcome again to The Equalizer, The Antoine Fuqua Story, Part 8.
the equalizer. <laughs> dodge, dip, dive, and dodge. Your <laughs> 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 equalizer wrench, you can equalize a ball. Exactly. Antoine Fuqua's The Equalizer released September 26th of 2014, nearly a year away from its 10 year anniversary. Boy, I raise a glass wow. to that. 10 Ooh. years. Already. How has it been 10 years? That movie feels so, like it was made how there, like. How were there three of these? <laughs> dear God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, man, I cannot wait for us to do Equalizer 3 because. Oh, so here's fun. my hot. Yeah, he's like. Cause I'll say, I'm gonna say this is a little spoily. Equalizer, he's in a different space in Equalizer Three. He's no longer, no longer assistant manager. In... He's also like 70 years old now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so funny. We are finally getting to the uh, the the cry macho era of Denzel Washington. Yeah, Denzel is finally like you can see in the posters. It's like, oh, you know, he's actually he looks a little like an older guy. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. He has a bit of a Bit of a pot belly, not a bad yeah. thing. He's an old he's, man. He's not. He's not sporting his felt ricochet body. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> but anyway, the re- Equalizer can be rented through all the services and is on Blu-ray. I saw there's a three pack with all of them, and boy, I'll tell you what, tempting. Because I like, I'll, I'll say it right now, I like the Equalizer. Hey, <laughs> think it, Criterion, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. So. Equalize. So where is Antoine Fuqua at this point? Where did we leave him? He's he's he's, he's off a win. He's off a win. I think he's coming off of a win with Olympus has fallen. And oh yeah, there's part of me like like Tony Scott actually found this this idea of like I'm not gonna try to make any Sundance movies Mm -hmm. or any like awardsy movies. But respect will be found on the other side, in a sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> it turns out doing um, genre movies really, mm-hmm. really well and effectively in an entertaining way is difficult to do because they just don't come out very often. And frankly, Antoine Fuqua, I would say that's my favorite thing he does. Yeah. Is kind of. Um, and I don't mean this in the critical, this word in a critical way. Trashy genre films, I trashy think action, kn- trashy thrillers. That kind. He of knows thing. he he knows what buttons to push. I feel yeah. like he's, he has and, a good sense of like, yeah, like let's let's. He's good at like toning, like, you know, getting that violence really sloppy and like I don't know, like he'll he'll yeah, make he'll he'll push boundaries a bit. And if you think about our favorites that we've watched, replacement killers, mm. um, I mean, Trading Day is such an anomaly, but tra- uh, replacement killers. Shooter, Olympus has fallen, and now this one. They're not like they're not going to win awards, but they're no. not trying to. They're just trying to be a good time, and then you end up with weird, like infiltrated things, like Shooter and Olympus has fallen have like that do have. They are about society and that kind of thing, and like they're weird, <laughs> weird little way. But I think like when he does like um. Certainly, like a Tears of the Sun, or um, certainly Brooklyn's Finest, and you know, spo- spoiler here, we'll talk about it in a few weeks. Southpaw, um, yeah, like, it, I, they just don't like, they don't work as well. No, well, and it's like they feel very leaden. 
and they, they they're missing like a um well they're 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 taking the shape of better movies mm-hmm. but they're not reaching that because i'm not sure if he like maybe brooklyn's but i don't know what we haven't quite figured it out yet we're still working on it like yeah i is, will say though but... the unifying theory of fuqua Beyond we're getting there. Making kick-ass movies, but I think we're getting there. And, and, I, and I and I can't wait for Emancipation. That's going to be yeah. a fun. I feel like we're going to have a good yeah, discussion about that one. Call. Yeah. Um. And I think, I mean, this helps anyone. Help Tony Scott. It helps everybody. Working with Denzel Washington will always help your cause. <laughs> like when it comes to this, <laughs> comes to making movies, because this is a man who just kind of like, I think he can get away with more than anyone else mm. like you're willing to accept a trashier movie it gets like this, everything gets raised and you're just still into it if denzel washington is in it and i think like i used to complain it's like why does he make so many like weird action movies when he's like also like one of the greatest actor like pure actors alive yeah like why isn't he starring in like pt anderson films exactly yeah i don't care anymore I'm happy no. that he's in all these action movies. They're awesome. He, yeah, like, he's like, you know, he has like that niche. It's like, you know, he has the niche that Bruce Willis had for a long time. Yeah, or even he's, like, he's just such a like, he's just got it. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it is matter. insane how much he has it in this movie. Yeah. Like, it, it is like him at his he's most str- charismatic. He struts into that Home Depot in his sensible khakis and his uh polo shirt he owns the place <laughs> eugene levy might be the manager but denzel owns the joint <laughs> he, oh yeah you know eugene levy is not in this movie anyway <laughs> the equalizer <laughs> we should spread that rumor yeah I know. based on it's a, so it was a spy series that aired from 1985 to 1989 mm-hmm. basic plot line of the tv show Robert Call is a retired intelligence agent with a mysterious past who uses the skills from his former career to exact justice on behalf of innocent people who find themselves in dangerous circumstances, mm. while sometimes also dealing with people from his past and covert operations who want to pull him back in or settle old scores. So, this ran for four seasons and 88 episodes. Wow. And as we mentioned, uh, starred Edward Woodward, um, few interesting um like guest stars um rob richard jordan was one okay it was a very very regular star william zabka oh wow kid yeah the uh, mr uh, cobra guy did 12 episodes as mccall's a strange son Look at that <laughs> interesting <laughs> um, all right uh ron o'neill from superfly did seven episodes um I bet it's fun. <laughs> I bet it's. I bet watch, watching the uh, watching the show is quite fun. Yeah, I, I, and there's yeah a ton of other notable guest stars: Macaulay Culkin, Steve Buscemi, Christian Slater, Kevin mm. Spacey showed up. Like, I mean, you name it. Like, yeah, such a like it. I, I do have like a perverse love of going on Wikipedia, like looking at TV shows, then seeing who did guest spots before they were stars. I think that that's uh, very fun. It, oh yeah, for sure. I, I definitely love like occasionally I will like look at like old TV shows and be like, maybe I should like, you know, lose 200 hours of my life watching WKRP in Cincinnati 
I, or like I, I took a really hard look at NYPD Blue just the other day. Ooh. I was like, is it time? Do I just dive into this thing? Do I no. go into it? It's no. no. There's nah. a lot of seasons of that show, but I'm a Dennis Franzian. So oh, yeah. like You're a Franz freak. As, hey, as we are Dennis Franz. He's got one of the great mugs. One of the great yeah. cinematic mugs. Just a yeah. Terrific actor. I love him in the Brian De Palma movies. All I love he's just he's just fishing in Montana right now, probably. He yeah, he lives in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, Idaho. I yeah. I but he's been retired for over a decade. Someone should bring him back. Quentin yeah. Tarantino, write a write a role know. for him. Write a role for him. Make him play Paul Walter Hauser's dad or something. In town, downtown. <laughs> anyway, so for some reason, because there was a time, I think it's still kind of on in which they really, really love taking old TV properties and turning them into movies. Oh yeah. Even something like The Equalizer. I was alive for the entire Equalizer's run. I had never heard of it before mm. this movie dropped. But um, so they put it into pre-production in June of 2010, in which it was announced that our old friend Russell Crowe was trying oh, wow. to bring it to the screen. Directed by, naturally, Paul Haggis. Here's my hot take. Uh, Russell Crowe. Great actor. I love I love the crow. Mm. A little bit too off-putting to play. Like Denzel Washington is such a happy presence. He's there's a jolliness to Denzel Washington that I think that uh yeah, I think Russell feels, just, like, just can't Russell, quite do. Russell, like he's a psycho. Yeah, he's scary. Stay, he's yeah, too, scary. Him. too scary. Like, love him. He he, he couldn't do the pip scene with Russell Wolf for a no, bunch of reasons. Well, but no, like he would like that when he when he's training the guy to be um a security guard, he'd just bully him. Yeah, exactly. Like slap him in the head and shit like that. <laughs> he would be mean to him. He's too mean. Like, Denzel is so, uh, he's like the accepting dad. He's a, yeah. you know, he wants you to do better, but he's, you know, he's going to do it tenderly. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's hard on you. He can tell you he's disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's not going to, like, abuse and that's, you. <laughs> exactly. He's like a normal dad. He's. But um, very, very quickly. By December of 2011, things had changed, and Denzel Washington signed on. Right. A couple years after that, it took two extra years till March of 2013, they finally got Antoine Fuqua to sign mm. on. By May of 2013, fellow co-stars Chloe Grace Moritz signed on. Apparently, Anna Kendrick, Kelly McDonald, and Nina Dobrev were also considered for this role, which we'll get into momentarily. Here's mm. a fun fact. May of 2013, Melissa Leo is cast in the movie. Ooh. Of course, Melissa Leo had previously worked with Denzel Washington in the film Flight, which I'm sure we'll cover someday on the show. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, also deeply Academy Academy movie if there ever was one. <laughs> yeah, what a great yeah, some of the the best uh, sound cues in that film. Some classic um, uh, like you want to know how this guy's this guy's a bad dude. You play sympathy for the <laughs> devil. Yeah. Um. <laughs> She, of course, also worked with Antoine Fuqua very recently in 2013's mm. Olympus Has Fallen. She's she a friend of Fuqua. Pledge of Allegiance with her getting pulled across the floor. Deeply insane. Deeply insane. But also, like, that's cool that Melissa, I hope she's in more Fuqua movies. I like the idea of Melissa yeah. Leo being one of Fuqua's guys. Yeah. Um. Interesting, really fun fact, though. She mm. did a guest spot on season one of the Equalizer TV show. Wow. 
uh, where she played the daughter of a former Soviet agent who enlists McCall's help to defect to the United States. Um, another key piece of casting, May of that year, Martin Zaukas is cast in the film. Ooh. Now we all remember, all of us remember, Martin Zaukas is the villainous guy, Guy de Lusanne, in uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, oh, yeah. Academy, Academy, fave. Um, didn't we see him in something else? I'm taking a look right now. It, it, these are everything. Hey, uh... He's he's gonna be in London has fallen, which we hopefully won't see. I don't. Or think maybe we, we will. I don't, think, I don't think we're gonna see it. I mean, it's not it's, it's not a Fuqua joint, but you know, never say never. Never say. Oh, he was in the last duel. That's it. Yeah, that was the other time we've seen him. But uh, so. Get, just dive right into it. We meet Robert McCall, and he's he, who's de- played by Denzel Washington. Mm. Lives a quiet life in Boston, Massachusetts. Works at a hardware store, Home Depot type place. He's mm. uh, he doesn't sleep very well at night. He clearly has got something going on. He's timing himself on his watch all the time. It's it is what it is. I don't know, but yeah, he's like. He's not weird. He like hangs out with his coworkers. He jokes around with them. He has lunch with them, and he's training his colleague Ralphie to become a security guard. Ralphie needs to lose some lbs. Robert McCall's he, giving him a hand. He plays on the team. Plays on the hardware store softball team. It's all you know. He he's like the guy that everyone likes, and is also just the coolest guy. He's just he's, just cool. Everyone likes him. It's like if you need uh, uncle. Or a dad figure. <laughs> yes. You And you just, like, are lacking one. Robert McCall wouldn't be, you know, he'd be a good guy. If you're, like, uh, at the, uh, if you're at work and your car's acting weird, this is the first person you go to before you go to a, a mechanic. He, he 1,000% has jumper cables in his yes. car. But he also just kind of, like, he knows cars. Yeah. Like he could give you a few tips. Like, you know, you, you kind of be afraid because you're like, I mean, this guy's like a little bit older than me. He definitely knows cars and I'm going to feel less masculine talking. Yeah, but to he's him. but you're going to feel less masculine talking to him about any topic. But you so, know what? He's he's going to make you feel OK. And then he'll be like, hey, what about every Saturday, an hour after work? I I, I go through the engine with you. We'll We'll learn this together. You and me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man. You're the best. I you really, mean my father? I had a terrible relationship with my dad, and this you're you're filling some holes. Do you like? I know you do. You play softball. Do you just want to like toss the ball around a little bit? But you anyway, just like, can you rub my tummy for a little bit? He can't sleep, so he spends his nights at an all-night diner. Which you know, he's the only customer except mm-hmm. for a young woman named Terry, who's played mm-hmm. by Chloe Grace Moritz. They chatted up. He's very friendly to her. And we get our first initial vibes that perhaps <laughs> we have a serious man on fire situation coming up. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, the alarm is going she, off in your head. Like, she wants. She tells him she wants to be a singer. And what I like about this is the kind of guy you want in your life as a dad or an uncle. When you mm-hmm. tell them, when you say, like, if I came and I said, Robert, man, all I've ever wanted to do is make movies. He'd be like, well, what's stopping you? What are you gonna do? And he like put me on a plan. Yeah, 
Like he he give you a camcorder. He'd be like, you know, I use this to film my daughter's soccer tournaments, but yeah. I'll let you take this for now. Yeah, I didn't know you were married. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> then wait a before minute. you can answer, you're already right. on the plane. <laughs> we see like she goes outside. And she's getting picked up by weird limos. Yeah. John Wick villains. Yeah, it's like, very Wickian. Very John Wickian Wick villains. villains. <laughs> and it and you could tell Robert's like, hmm, what's the deal with that? But he kind of goes on with it. You know, he, he's like we a meet, live and let live. We meet Ralphie's mom. She owns like a like a Cuban restaurant downtown. Like the world of Boston is rich, full oh, yeah. of interesting people. What a tapestry! The what the, a tapestry! The, main, this the true movie main is. character of this movie, the city of Boston, indeed, and all of its wonderful, beautiful, diverse residents. <laughs> <laughs> a million stories every night. I know because it it takes it does take us about an hour to get to any real mass holes. It's like. Like you're like living outside that realm for a bit. I I do love how this movie takes its it luxuriates oh, and it like made him fire like, like made him fire. Yeah, it takes like forty minutes for him to take a corkscrew to somebody's neck. Wait yeah. a second, did I just say that out loud? Take a Ooh. corkscrew to somebody's neck. Okay, the best part. One of the best parts is when he goes into that room. <laughs> And they fl- they just do a little cut, a quick cut to the guy opening the wine bottle, and he has the corkscrew. Yeah. Oh, and you it's feel like, it. Because yeah, you're like, that's going to get used. God bless our beloved Mr. Fuqua. He telegraphs this kind of stuff nonstop in his movies. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, you know what? I, I give it a pass for a movie like this, because like, mm-hmm. this isn't the type of movie yeah. where you need to be like, you know... So you don't have to be uh, precious about it. So basically, like he he has a night out where he's hanging out with Terry. They kind of yeah. they have a. He's, it's but he's it's reading Don Quixote. It's, it's not romantic at all. It's no, deeply father daughter. Yeah, father daughter, uncle daughter. But then she gets found by these Eastern European guys. Mm. They're mean. They yell at her, and they give Denzel Washington a card. It's for some um, prostitution ring. It's yeah. clearly these guys are up to no good. Evil. It's, it's also clear that she might be working as a teenage sex worker against her will. Yeah, it's like it's it's a little grody. All of these, though, and we know. Yeah, this movie's called The Equalizer Man. Yeah, <laughs> this guy, this guy ain't gonna work in this hardware store forever. Yeah. it's what? not called The Acceptor. It's not, it's not <laughs> called the guy bumps into something and might do something about it. <laughs> the, the baby man. Yeah, so he like scrapes together his like life savings, and goes to this place that he gets the card to try and buy her, like basically buy her freedom. Mm-hmm. Tries to do the you know kind of a civil way. Civil, yeah. Uh, these thugs not having any of it. Mm-mm, too evil. And we get like equalizer vision. During this sequence, our yes. first example of the equalizer vision. Very Sherlock Holmes. It's very like uh So he can slow like he can like slow down things to Matrix time frames and like <laughs> he sees weapons all over the room. But I like it he sees like weaknesses. Yeah. And all the, it, the guys too. I, I'm surprised that he doesn't like have like robot vision and can see like stats and like there's a thirty seven percent chance that if I hit his temple he will uh trip and fall on that skateboard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like and, that level of uh ridiculousness. But it, this leads to like the first like it was interesting because this movie like it does take its time and you're like Yeah. Like when you're watched by this point. 
A little bit. You're like, okay, we've explored this world enough. We we get it. He's really chubby with everyone he works with. Yeah, and he's like a genuinely like friendly guy who seems to have some like habits and some trouble sleeping, but for the like, most he's part, fine. But th- then we get to this scene and he annihilates these guys. Oh he yeah, utterly annihilates them, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> business is picked up, and it's kind of like it's it's um, I would I would argue it's like a clean like everything in this movie is like. Sometimes Fuqua's action scenes can get a little out of hand and difficult to follow. I'm looking at you, Tears of the Sun. Yeah. Um. Even King so, Arthur a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, King Arthur. I forgot. I forgot King Arthur existed. Ooh. Mm. Totally forgot. Some huh. great. Hey, 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 Lancelot, that actor. Can't pronounce they, his name. They did. Um. They did that ice breaking in Napoleon too. Yeah, I yeah. I was we'll talk, we were watching. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> we'll yeah, about man, we'll next week. <laughs> next week, Napoleon. Anyway, this scene's great. He uses a corkscrew as a weapon. He kicks all these guys' asses. He kills them more than kicks their asses. He kills every single one of them. He moiters them. He, yeah, totally. Then guess what he does? He heads back to work. That is. The the beauty of this movie is like they treat him, him murdering people, him being an equalizer. They treat it like it's like his side. It's like his hobby. This is like him. This is the equivalent to like a um, like a dad who golfs. Well, one it's thing his golf. The Fuqua films is I think like outside of Training Day, he can tend to underestimate. The moral and moral and psychological implications of his character's actions. Does that make sense? Yes, I believe that. Like he, maybe, maybe it's a matter of, you know, it's cool rule of cool. Maybe he thinks in his head, it's like, well, this is like a great attack. It'll be fine. We can just like. And these and... guys are these guys are bad. Oh, totally. They like they they like they're. They're on the side of bad, like in the movie. Yeah, maybe he just has um, a very black and white kind of um, view of good and evil. Yeah, or or he realizes at the very least that a lot of people, because people hoot and holler, they certainly get asses in seats with that kind of thing. I mean, not yeah, too hard. Yeah, like the ambiguities. There's no, there's not a lot of ambiguity, and there's not a lot of like. um, internal consequences so i mean that's the difference between man on fire and this one mm-hmm. everything he does in man on fire like puts further weight on his shoulders and like the emotional and mental stresses that he is under and like pain he is in whereas everything he does in this makes him feel like a serial killer because he goes right back to work the next day without. Like, but he's ever... a good serial. He's like a Dexter. Yeah, it's yeah. It is, <laughs> but it's so interesting comparing those these two movies. But this one is interesting because it's like, you know, Man of Fire is so psychedelic. It could like be like for some people, this one is like so clean. Yeah, its well, style it's... and its tone that it's like it is it goes down a little bit easier. And well, and I think the thing too is that like the way he is treated, he's almost like 
like a Picos Bill. He's like a mystical character almost because he's like he's like the merry neighborhood like good murderer, like and that's how like it's like you know and that's how like the movie. We're like, I guess we're like skipping around. I don't know if I want to like no, talk about the can, end we'll, right now. We'll get no, we'll get there in a bit. But like his um, switch to extreme violence is a quick one. Yeah, and it's like, well, and he and it and he, it makes him almost feel like, yeah, it's like there's a robotic element to it. It's just like, okay, the switch is off. Like you know, you you didn't uh, agree to my thing. I'm you gonna know, do this now. This one has that man on fire doesn't have though mm. an excellent baddie to put him up against. Yes, Fa- kind of faceless baddies in Man on Fire, whereas in this one we get a Titanic baddie in the form of Martin Zaukas's Teddy. <laughs> Is his name? <laughs> uh, they, I think that's just like his nickname yeah. or whatever, like yeah, his that's American, just like Americanized name. <laughs> and what's awesome about this guy? He like shows up, he's like super well dressed, and at first you think he's gonna be kind of like the prissy middleman yeah. kind of figure. Mm-hmm. And then he strangles Chloe's friend for information. Deeply, <laughs> then he's like yeah. pushing everyone around and he's like willing to kill just about anyone. And he gets crazier and crazier as the movie progresses. And if you're going to make a movie like this, don't beat around the bush with mm-hmm. the villain. Let the villain let him go big. And get a good character actor to play that villain. You yeah. want like a you want a weird guy who can go to crazy town very quick and Martin has that like in him. I think he's, he's so... great. I think he's great in the movie. I'm a big yeah. fan of what he does in the movie. I think he gets the assignment mm-hmm. too. He doesn't you know, I think um and it, I mean, that's like a key in all of these kind of movies. This goes to the superhero movies, too. Your hero is only as good as your villain. It's true. And the way they set him up, he does seem like he might be a challenge to McCall. And yeah. they give like a back, cool background on him. Like, this guy's, I loved, this guy's fucking scary. <laughs> you know? I loved that. Well, then they have that scene with like McCall and... So, Oh, and I love it when he walks past with his cell phone, like filming them. It's like, oh, and then the look. Okay, so anyway, Zakis is dying to figure out who killed all these Russian, like these goons that were running the Boston Russian operation. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Denzel has gotten a taste of equalizing. It <laughs> helps. So, it. Like, there's he a, robber, to find... a, a robber shows up. At the he home equalizes depot, him, and he that guy gets his ass equalized. <laughs> like, and it's so that is the, the thing uh, is he has people, like the people shaking down Ralphie's mom, they get equalized. <laughs> I God, it would have been so much fun just to like play that part of it up, like the fact that he just can't help but go into people's lives. Well, and the yeah. great, th- the funny thing in this movie is like it's always good. Like whatever equalizing he does, it's like a net good for society. Yep. He's and never it like good, it, like it helps good downtrodden people who are yeah, like, he, are saints themselves. He's like a, if Robin Hood was a super murderer, basically. And, and like, oh, and we should note too: the Russian guys have beaten up Chloe Grace, and she's been in the hospital. She's been hospitalized. Oh yeah, yeah. and kind of disappears. But I think we get the feeling that perhaps Robert has like stashed her a bit. Yeah. Well, and then the the her like older sister or mother. Her I can't friend. remember that. 
friend, no, friend, friend, just her it's, friend. Okay, gets killed in a very brutal, very classic Antoine Fuqua kind of way. It, it goes a little too yeah. far. Like, it, it, it's like the thing, and it's like the my hate love of Antoine. I kind of love that he's willing. He always he will push those buttons, and that he's like, I it's, I think it's never it, it, it it's and it's I, scummy. I, like, and that's why I don't like it when he tries to get serious almost. Because I'm like, just like, let your free flag fly, man. Just go all out. I know you don't care about any of this, like, serious shit. You want to bomb Washington, (laughs) D.C.? Yeah, just, (laughs) Bob, just do the most insane. I will tell you, though, I was reading about it. His Michael Jackson movie is in production right now. And we have, this podcast must live. (sighs) <sighs> for the release of the Michael Jackson movie. <laughs> Who are they getting to play Michael? Some cousin of Michael's. Oh it's my gonna be god. Very, That's already if insane. You, if, if you thought the Freddie Mercury movie was like really, really pro and um, not questioning of anything about Freddie Mercury, <laughs> get ready for this one. <laughs> Jaf- Jaf- Jafar Jackson. Yeah. What a name. Jafar yeah. Jackson. Maybe Jafar, Any, but yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. A... I'm excited. I'm who excited. Knows, who, I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited in the uh, like. This will be insane. Like yeah, it's not our, gonna be like our, it won't be tasteful. Our dude, our dude is a true wild man. Yeah. So I'm I'm into it. So anyway, the Russians are on McCall. McCall though turns the tables and he starts spying on the Russians because he's really good at this Mm. should be noted because they are kind of out of Russians it's the Russian guy and a bunch of dirty Boston cops as his like goons led by David Harbour Uh, (laughs) you know what he's having a fun time in this movie yes who plays uh, Detective Masters, Frank Masters. Bastard. <laughs> and, and he was like, nobody's uh, nobody's trying for a Boston thing? Okay, I'm on it. <laughs> like, that was his, that was his yeah. call. <laughs> he, can tell, it's like, and he, he does it like uh, with the intensity of a man who is pissed that he didn't get to play one of the, the four guys in the town. Like, yeah. when, he, when he was like trying to get a role in the town and he found out that Slain yeah. got that role just because he's friends with like, freaking Ben Affleck. I could have played the shit out of Renner's role. <laughs> yeah, I could have been Renner. That could have been me. I could have been Renner. Renner's Honestly. Better. That's one of, Renner, one of Renner's better better works. Oh, yeah. Town. We gotta cover the town. It's a, we gotta do Boston well, Month. Maybe, maybe we'll do a, a Ben Affleck month for yeah. like, like what's a good Boston month? I mean, God. We'll figure it anyway, out. Anyway, we'll figure it yeah. out. You'll figure but, it out. Um, he bostons it up. They got dirty cops. <laughs> Everybody's out there. Denzel, they do this great part where they think they have Denzel Washington, that he just strolls out of the damn diner with his cell phone camera rolling and he's filming all of them and getting all of their faces. And you're like, oh my God, he's McCall's got the upper hand. <laughs> Not again. And the, yeah, and the Russian guy's like, fuck, this should be easier. Yeah, this, this, this entire organization, this one dude, is really making mincemeat of our entire thing. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not particularly fair how well he is doing. He yeah. like does they do this one sequence where Denzel um 
he does all of this stuff around his apartment, and you oh, think yeah. they're going to his apartment. And then you find out he also has rented the apartment across the street, and what he did was put up all sorts of surveillance shit all <laughs> over the place and ways to track them. And it, like, I straight oh, up thought he him. was making – I straight up thought – because, like, they have scenes where he's tinkering. Yeah. And you're like, is this guy making bombs? Like, what is happening? He's Because he could. He could, 100%. He can do anything. So He's an angel of death. Yeah, he is. But a nice one. (laughs) He's about to paint his masterpiece. (laughs) Right? Yes. No, he's painting it. I wish. So I'm going to get to the part here. He has to go. He leaves town to go to his former handlers Mm. to get some. Oh, yeah. Get the scoop. And we find out he was declared dead. So they're a bit surprised to see him. Happy, but happy, but a bit surprised. That is like a crazy. I love his, that is a fun curveball that's movie his throws. funeral was just like the one in Six Underground. Remember that? Uh, <laughs> barely. Yeah, I, barely. Six Underground is a movie I like. Uh, I only have so much place in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Dave Franco was in that, I think. I remember yeah. that part. Takes like a, a pipe to the dome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <R>. Dave. <laughs> yeah. He had a great. What a great. Uh, cameo he had in that movie i'll give the six underground that he made Dave franco entertaining guy, to me one of the guy from die hard to show up after you remember die hard or the fbi guys blow because holy christ <laughs> we're gonna need some more fbi guys i guess i was like we're gonna need some more dave franco's i guess it's the more day get chalabay on the line yeah <laughs> yeah he's better than that He's oh, like, for he, sure. Oh, much better Mr. than Mr. Wonka himself. Yeah, Wonka. Get Wonka. Get Wonka. <laughs> the only thing oh. that can defeat an equalizer is a Wonka. I know. What a world we live in. Give us the equalizer four. That's why yeah. it's like we shouldn't ask for more than the equalizer. We really That's shouldn't. No, yeah, we, yeah, we don't need to like, yeah, we don't need to go back to those wells. The, no. They've been, they're tapped. We're just yeah. drinking. You're just drinking silt, bro. Yeah, just let Denzel Washington beat people up and get the upper hand at all times. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's um this is definitely like uh his taken, by the way. You know how oh, Liam f- had a few like three takens? This is his taken. Oh a hundred percent. This is yeah. his well and it's funny because like I remember before the equalizer came out, the big thing about Denzel was uh he never had sequels to his movies. Mm-hmm. That was like the big, I remember that was like the big factoid everyone would always say about Denzel. Never had a sequel. He always was a one and done guy. Yeah. And so I think this was uh, Denzel being like, you know what? A franchise. Pretty lucrative. I need, well, I know. I mean, I'm sure he saw like how much money Neeson made. Oh, yeah. Taken. It was like, I got to get one of those. I could do and that. He, and he can yeah. do that. <laughs> In his he sleep. got it. In his sleep, he could do that. Oh, yeah, dude. I was, Texting my dad about this movie a minute ago. He loves this movie. Oh yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't think my dad's seen it, but he would. He would. Yeah, every it's yeah, yeah. dads around the world and moms. Everyone loves it. So unfortunately, though, um, Denzel Washington's handler is not Christopher Walken. No, miss. But we got two great actors. It's of yeah, course got... Melissa Leo and Bill Pullman. Two two Mr. of the greats. Mister Lost Highway himself. Mister, as many people know him. Uh, the. This is a great fun interlude with them. He gets some intel on Teddy. Heads yeah. back to Beantown. Ooh. To, uh, and he really he's kind of has this whole like um he, oh, he heads back to Beantown and then he confronts Teddy in that great restaurant scene. Is that what's up? I, oh, oh no. 
No, no, he kidnaps David Harbour. Oh and, yeah, puts him in there and destroys the rest of the Russian operation using David Harbour as a way in to get there. And it's David so... Harbour's like, "I'm a dirty cop. They're gonna kill me." And Denzel Washington's like, "Hey, right, whatever. You, you 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 made those choices, bro. You either equalize or you get equalized. That's true. I mean, you know." Either you're a good boy or a bad boy, and you, sir, yeah. are a bad boy. You're a bad boy, Dave. And you're going to get cosmically spanked, my friend. They, but I did like about the movie, they never show his fate. He kind of gets taken away in cuffs. But he's like 100% getting shivved in prison. Oh, he's, yeah, totally fucked. He's dead. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a total, yeah, he's an absolute, complete and utter dead man. But, uh, so Teddy's like, man, and, oh, and then Teddy has a boss in Russia, this oligarch called Pushkin, because what I love about these movies, they only got like four Russian names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, they, like, that, they can, that they can go off of. Okay, like, what are the three Russian authors I read in yeah. middle school, high school? Like, uh, okay, Pushkin, uh, Tolstoy, Nabokov. Okay, got it. <laughs> I'm the Russian oligarch, Dostoevsky. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dostoevsky. <laughs> You didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, at least go for like uh, do it. Do Google. Like, come on. We've got a guy. Cut. We've got a. We've got a guy coming in from Moscow. His name is Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's uh, it's the mob. It's his mob boss, Mister Karenina. <laughs> they call him the idiot. Uh, the new there's a new gang in town. It's the brothers Karamazov. <laughs> They're all played by David Harbour and kind of a CG kind of a Winklevoss kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the the fathers and sons gang. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. That's, that's a really good one. Oh yeah. That's a really good yeah. book. Deep cut. Deep cut. I I like that one a lot. Anyway. Denzel Washington just storms into where Teddy's having dinner. Because Denzel Washington is unafraid to enter a room in this movie. Mm. Like, or, like, stroll past anybody. He's not hugely mm. concerned about taking down an entire Russian mob. Like, it, it's not... He's not sweating it too much. He's Dude, he's like... You know, I think it's like he's probably done this before. You yeah. get the sense that, like, yeah, this is this is in his wheelhouse. That's definitely the sense you get from it. Yeah, it's not super hard. Yeah. So he tells him he's like, "Yeah, you can get out of town, man. Whatever." And Teddy's like, "No way." And Denzel's like, "Okay, I guess probably gonna have some confrontation here." Oh, oh, but by the way, I know your whole life. Just gonna let you know that. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna yeah, tell he tells you this full life story about how that was psychotic orphan. It was. It's a great scene. We're like downplaying it. It's actually terrific. It, that is like the best. Like that. That is for me. Like that's what takes this movie up from like like a three to a three point five or a four. Is just like there's just like this movie pushes the buttons in weird ways that. Um, at the very least, it doesn't feel like Antoine is like doing this on a autopilot. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty great. In yeah. All honesty. So Teddy's guys decide to take over the Home Depot. That is so funny. That is like a great like. 
Uh, we're, gonna, it, we're, we're going to find the people who you love. Of course, well, of course it's like Ralphie and the rest of the gang. Yeah, yeah those, all the, those, those two, two, two guys. Two guys. Those two, two fucking dipshits that he works with. <laughs> ding dong one and ding dong two. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Like, also, it's just such an insane. That is such an insane act of desperation. Because, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, this guy doesn't have anyone alive. Like, we have to find someone he cares oh. about. Does he have any family? No, we don't know his family. Fuck, he's fuck, got, what are we... He's got people at the Home Depot that he loves. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, imagine, like, I don't know. Like someone... Also, no, we totally forgot. He bombs all of their Russian tankers in the Boston Harbor and blows up, like, four city blocks and walks away with it without looking at the explosion. Treated like a footnote. Just like, yeah, yeah this is happening. Like actually footnote. A massive explosion and crap it's yeah he would be on like so many wanted lists for doing this you know i want to i wish they cut back to melissa leo and bill pullman's house oh shit my call what dude you can't do that call come on call not everything calls to go for to go to 11 mccall yeah this is like the this is like the fifth time you've so done this please utterly decimated the operation that it seems like the only russians left in bought there are no dirty cops left and the only russians left in boston are these like six guys who go to the home depot with mm-hmm. teddy they're armed to the teeth fortunately though the home depot oh and uh ralphie's now a security guard we're happy for him but that's his arc <laughs> he becomes a security guard. He did it because McCall doesn't lose. Yeah, like even if no. even if he's training a big boy to become a security guard. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy subplot! This big boy he adopted, this yeah. large son. This makes this the him teaching Dakota Fanning how to swim positively normal. <laughs> that is that's his Dakota Fanning. It's this yeah. big boy. This is big boy moving tires. <laughs> this fucking Josh Gaddian figure. <laughs> Josh Gaddy just wants some fucking potato chips in his sandwich. Just want to eat potato chips. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, fortunately though, so they're all shut up, but like McCall gets in to the Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And this is where he paints his masterpiece. He goes full like Texas Chainsaw Home Alone. Yeah, it guys. is Jigsaw Home Alone, Texas Chainsaw. He's like, it's not just a matter of like, I don't know, like finding a pipe and bashing somebody over the head with it or something. Like, that's what I would do. I would just like find like a two by four. Yeah. And hope for the best. Find like a metal pipe like a sewer pipe or something and pray that i can yeah like i don't know like yeah it's i'm not gonna like think about it too hard because i'm just trying to defend myself yeah i'd I'd be running away i'd just be running i'd be just like i'd be i'd be out of town (laughs) i'd be i'd be gone baby (laughs) just tell me who to fuck (laughs) (laughs) tell me who to fuck That's the Patrick and Don hostage negotiation technique. <laughs> Any hole, I'll do it. <laughs> Stop uh, it. Stop it. You're pathetic. Stop oh my God. It. But McCall just like, I mean, you name it. He hangs a guy. 
with barbed wire? Is there like electrocution? Th- I mean, it's like yeah. I mean, yeah. We talk about like you know, man on fire. Talk about you know Denzel and that being an artist. He's the real art because he's being creative. He is like I have all these different tools, all these different paintbrushes. Yeah, it's um, he annihilates Teddy's guys. Yeah, he's like, in one fight that's kind of close. Oh, he's the guy with the, the mustache. What a yeah. great mustache that man had. But it doesn't matter. He stabs that guy in the head with like a piece of mirror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's so violent and gross. It's it, nasty. Awesome. It's yeah. great. So then he confronts Teddy. And guess what Denzel Washington has? He has like a nail gun that looks like a sawed off shotgun crazy and oh and the uh fire alarm sprinklers go off and antoine really gets to go with it here with a slow-mo of denzel soaking wet like with the rain like the sprinklers coming down on yeah whole very it's the crow the it's on the poster it looks yeah. it's terrific he <laughs> fucking annihilates Teddy. yeah well he, he does it's like the black knight in monty python he yeah. just it's and every he, fucking but, limb but he's also like hitting him with like like the nails so there's like a nail gun like the color of night nail gun which like reuben blades gets like stuck to the wall with but it's like he's gonna live it's gonna hurt it sucks yeah it's not fun then there's like this nail gun and the one in the killer (laughs) which you're getting blasted with like nine inch nails (laughs) yeah like Males that are supposed to go into steel beams or something. Yeah, you're, you're getting annihilated. Like, yeah. Getting, and that's what we get in uh, poor Teddy. Well, he's a baddie. Who cares? Yeah, he's but a stinker. I do like that he's like, at the end, his only response is like, what's your deal, man? <laughs> like, why? This, like, this sucks. You, like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Like, you really ruined our shit. <laughs> it's almost like it's borderline Van Cunt. Like, yeah, it is. It's like, shit. I did everything. You're just better. Like, and why? Who the hell are you? I don't even know you. My life was you, normal man. a week ago. <laughs> I was like a pretty good gang- Russian gangster like a week ago. Now I suck, and I've been in- annihilated by nails. Like, it's so funny, and but it's appropriate. Um, Ralphie gets a minor wound. He, he'll be okay. He's a hero. No one else from Denzel's crew is in trouble at all. Cool. Yeah. Ah, uh, goes to get some groceries. It's over. He's fine. Yeah, it's fine. He um wishes Chloe Grace luck mm-hmm. on her new life. See you later. Oh, we should know. <laughs> Actually, I'm missing up the timeline here. I'm taking a look at the plot. No. Before he wishes Chloe Grace luck. Cut to because on a trip. Russia. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> was this enough for Robert McCall? No, no, no. To visit Pushkin, the oligarch. He's just able to just go into his secret lair, whatever. Fucking awesome and crazy. So he floods Pushkin's bathroom getting out of the shower walks right into like an electrical current and blows the dude up basically it's like <laughs> he's like more effective than batman 
And then he walks through Pushkin's like mansion, giant mansion, stepping over like a dozen dead security guards. As wow. he's like, and you're like, <laughs> he's done it again. He's equalized yet again. And you're like, this is an international incident, man. <laughs> he should be in the fucking news. It's yeah, crazy that he is not in the news ever. That they don't make a big deal about. Ever covered that? Okay, so in the town of Boston, what do we have? A massive explosion on the waterfront. Yeah, many dead, corrupt cops. Huge a corruption. Disgusting Home Alone jigsaw mess at the Home Depot. That Home Depot is closing. It's never yeah. opening again. They've all lost their jobs. Except they haven't. They're all probably back. Yeah, they're all probably fine. It's all good. Like the it's the, the city of amnesia. So he like wishes Chloe Grace luck. She's like, boy, thanks. <laughs> it's like cool, cool. cool. thank you, dude. Yeah, cool, <laughs> thank you. And he gave her some cash, and she started a new life, and it's great. And then we cut to him in the middle of the night at the restaurant, and he. Throws up a Craigslist ad saying, Crazy. "Hey, anybody need equalizing? He, he wants yeah. some, the action is the juice, and McCall is back. Oh yeah, and the gay already has a response. There's one guy that's like, "Yeah, I can use an equalizing. I named it, like I got a bully in high school. <laughs> All right, a, uh, <laughs> cut to the uh, naturally the Eminem song playing over the credits." Not the last time we'll be talking about Eminem soon. <laughs> the Equalizer uh, Shuffle or whatever the, the fuck it's called. fucking Shuffle, you know. <laughs> fuck you. It's the called, um, of course it's called Guts Over Fear. Oh, come on. Come on. Come, come on. on. Get out come of on. here. Get out of here. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. It's a, we'll talk about it more in the South Pole episode, but the <sighs> cultural phenomenon that was Eminem. Utterly fascinating. He was... I think there was a point in time where he was the most popular person in the world. He was so just gigantic. We'll we'll get into it. The Southpaw episode demands extended Ooh. Eminem talk. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's impersonation of him, first and <laughs> foremost. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so the Equalizer ends, and you're like, wow, great time. It was a great yeah. time. Like, it was fun. I could use more. Good news, there are two more. We'll cover them soon. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. The Equalizer premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival mm, September yes. 7th of 2014. Released in the theaters worldwide. Nary, a couple weeks later, September 26th of 2014. Mm. I should note, um, I first saw this on, like, Stars. You know? Perfect six, place to watch it. Months. Oh, it's a, that was why it was so upsetting that I had to rent it. This this is a film. Are, there's a channel called Stars. This is the kind of movies that they show. Yeah, it's movies starring stars. Yeah, I know stars <laughs> like mid tier movies starring stars. Yes, this is like yeah, this is like also like which is what we is, do on this show. The, it's also like the the platonic ideal of an airplane movie or like a movie you watch in a hotel like you or you're like at a your, uh, home for the thanksgiving holidays and you can't figure out what to do with your dad and uncles it's true mm, the- i could we, we could have a heart to heart talk about current political situations or guys are naked listen to you guys say i could do that yeah, <laughs> yeah i would do, i would totally fucking do that yeah like, yeah 
I did that once. I I did that once. Uh, destroyed yeah. an oil tanker, Uncle? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I was at this. I was. I don't know. It was one time. It was before I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> when was that, Dad? When was that? Anyway, but it, it yeah, it has those great vibes. So it's very cool that it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. <laughs> uh, cla- a semi-classy festival. The Equalizer had a budget of fifty-five, somewhere between fifty-five and seventy-three million. Mm. It made hundred and one point five million in North America. 90 in other territories for a total of 192.3 million, which is a um, nice, nice bit of numbers. Wowie Zowie did quite well. Um, mm. broke, broke many records even for R rated movies and time of the year, and third biggest opening for Denzel Washington, tallying behind um, American Gangster and Safe House. Remember Safe House with our friend Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> no. Not yeah, at all. Watched, watched, not watched, at all. I watched that too on Stars, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, that's like, well, the only thing I can remember about Safe House, that was directed by the guy who did Easy Money, right? Uh, Yeah. And it's Sna- um, Snap a Cash. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think if I remember correctly, um, it's one of those classic ones where I think Ryan Reynolds gets sent to track down Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington seems like he's a turncoat and gone baddie. Mm. But then it turns out there's other baddies and Ryan and uh, Denzel have to like team up. They have to equalize a little bit. Yeah. just A light equalizing. A light equalizing. If I remember. <laughs> I don't know. I Oh, and yeah, to get back to it, I teased this movie out that David Harbour was playing a serial killer mm-hmm. in this movie like three weeks ago. And I said, I remember that. He was very good. Then I was watching, and I was like, this just seems like a dopey Boston cop in this movie. <laughs> it turns out I confused it with A Walk Among Tombstones with Liam Neeson. <laughs> I mean, honestly, not a hard movie and to I confuse like, it with. Oh, that makes so much sense. I'm so disappointed that it's not that right now. <laughs> and and this, this Walk Among Tombstones the... is on Netflix right now, folks, if you mm. are, are as curious as I am about revisiting that movie. But, you know, run, don't walk. The equalizer. Confront, don't walk. So the equalizer has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. The critical consensus rates the equalizer is more stylishly violent than meaningful. Duh. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> no shit. But yeah. with Anton Fuqua behind the cameras and Denzel Washington dispensing justice, mm-hmm. it delivers. No kidding. Come on. What do you expect? Yeah, it's just like, come on. Sometimes they don't have to mean anything at all. Yeah, like I don't know. This is review this. Don't review it the same way you would review. Uh, I don't know. Uh, silence. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Um, I don't like this one. Jeffrey McNabb for the Independent favorably compared the film to Washington's films with the late Tony Scott. Favor better than Tony's? I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a little. Uh, uh, most of the critics, though, said uh, basically it's it's totally what you expect. Denzel Washington's beating people up. <laughs> you're probably in, or you're probably out on that kind of thing. But I, yeah, to expect anything more mm-hmm. is foolish. And why, you know, 
They're different. Yeah, like you said. When you walk into silence, Scorsese's silence, <laughs> you're coming in with a different kind of attitude than perhaps you are with The Equalizer. And that's okay. There should be all kinds of movies. Even Martin Scorsese says that. Yeah. Like, and I think, like, what I think about this one from Fuqua, this one feels like... It feels like everything went his way. Mm-hmm. Star, script, budget, style. This one doesn't feel like there's been a few like I mean Tears of the Sun is the obvious one. It's like what was up? What was going on with the script? What was yeah, or King Arthur Bruce Willis or King Arthur? Like he's had to deal with like a lot of like people kind of like telling him, mm-hmm. you know, or or um, he hasn't had the same level of say. control. Control, yeah, and this one feels to me like everything came together in this yeah. movie, and for what it was, what they were trying to do, everything like works in this, this movie. It feels like the complete we're experiencing the complete Fuqua vision. Yeah, at least within the context of this story. Like I don't, and you know, and I, I he hasn't had that. You, know, I mean, like Olympus has fallen. He succeeds, but I also think mm-hmm. I don't know how I think I don't think that they that money wise they probably could have used more because the effects are a tad shoddy. Yeah, well, uh, it's also that movie feels a little more workman like. Like this movie has a little yeah. more love. It feels like a little bit. And I and I think it's just I mean, much like Tony Scott, he's got like a really solid foundational working relationship with Denzel Washington, and Denzel Washington mm-hmm. brings in gravity, like. The dumbest movie becomes pretty good if Denzel Washington is like agreed <laughs> to be in it. <laughs> like that is true. It, it really is, and I can't think of any movie stars who really have that. Yeah, it's 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 very few. It's hard to come across. Like you'll see that like in television sometimes, where like you'll have kind of like an an okay script, but then like the cast they have kind of bring it, make it make it palatable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's harder with television, especially because like you only get one shot. Like you're just gonna have this one movie, and so like yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's like I feel like one of the few people that can really like make something that's not as well thought out sing. Really can, yeah. I mean. He's he's going to be entertaining, no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, there's like, he's just not in stinkers. He's just not. And oh. sometimes they soar. Sometimes they're classics. Yeah. You know, and sometimes <laughs> you're just happy to revisit them. Mm-hmm. Like, even like, I don't think we were the biggest American gangster fans. I think we were a little disappointed by it. Yeah, it's a little he, led. He, he's terrific in it. Yeah. That part where he's bashing that guy on the piano. That's great. <laughs> like yeah, he's not rules. the problem of that movie. He's not the issue, but you know, and with this, like he's great, and it is. It, it let's be honest, it's like it is a higher budgeted version of you know him doing kind of a comparable to a Liam Neeson movie, but or like a Death Wish or something. Almost. Yeah, yeah. But like, but, but like the thing too is, I think that Fuqua realizes the problem with American Gangster. I think we talked about this last time, but uh. Ridley Scott did not understand like the appeal of Denzel. Fuqua understands the appeal of Denzel. He's a cool, fun I guy. He, I also think Fuqua is such an American director. Yeah. Fuqua giving him that script for American Gangster and that budget, let him mm-hmm. do the same amount 
that would that movie would have felt a lot more lived in, a lot For less sure. precious than the Ridley Scott one. It would have it would have been cool. Maybe he would have cast Ethan Hawke in the Russell Crowe role. That would have been ooh, fun. <laughs> ooh, I like that. Making sparks no diss, go off in my brain. No diss to our friend Russell Crowe. Oh, he was great in it too. Love, like I don't. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, him in yeah, it too. Yeah, he's not like the problem, but uh, but I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to see the Antoine Fuqua version of American Gangster. But of course, they. You know, I yeah, I think that um, for what it is, for the kind of movie it is, this is a prime example of a good version of you know mm-hmm. this elder elder actor statesman action <laughs> movie. And it's a weird, and it's a weirdly parallels Man on Fire, and I don't know, like, it's quite, quite interesting, how close it is to Man on Fire. Yeah, it is like a weird. Well, and it's just like I think it is just like Man. We said it in the beginning. We'll say it at the end here. It's like Man on Fire, as if it's Man on Fire. If the if the Man on Fire guy had no qualms, never had a moral qualm with anything he did. It was always mm-hmm. just. And he was just also cool and had a bunch of friends and all the friends thought he was a cool guy. <laughs> he was able to like fit into society for the most part. Yeah. Just cool dude. Everyone. Lo- what if a cool dude that everyone loved was also a super murderer? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what this film posits. And you know what? You get five out of five smiles from this guy. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> and audiences did love it. As we said, it made it made a great deal of dough. And, um, there have been two sequels to it. I know that they claimed the third one. They were like, this is it. But I haven't seen it yet. Mm. I don't know plot wise if. But don't don't tell me. Mm. <laughs> I know you've seen I can't it. Wait. Let's say but... he makes a little stroll to a certain country. But um, is, it, is it France? Who knows? It feels like as long as Fuqua and Washington want to do him. Mm-hmm. This is there. Yeah, I can't wait. Th- I think they'll have an equalizer for. I think they have one more in them. Yeah, and that, well, they've and... all done well. Yeah, there, it's a pop. It is. This is also a popular, pretty popular series. I mean, I hope they go to fucking space. That's my hot take. Yeah. Go take him. Take the equalizer to space. He's like snapping necks in space. He's an astronaut now. He helps all the astronauts. He's helping an astronaut become an a-, a space security guard. Yeah, <laughs> helping the fat astronaut. He's helping the fat astronaut become a space. Yeah. <laughs> Ralphie, yeah wants not... to go, Ralphie wants to go to space now. Ralphie goes to space. Ralphie he didn't die. Space. Bring him back. Bring back yeah, Ralphie. It's um <laughs> the Martian, but he's just like snapping necks because he got stranded there. <laughs> he like they're like, we've come to rescue you, McCall. Come right this way. It's all these booby traps on Mars. <laughs> No, we've come to rescue you. You don't understand. You don't understand, McCall. No, you did something wrong. You screwed yeah. over. You screwed over Ralphie. You screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hurt Ralphie's feelings. I'm gonna murder you now. I need to avenge another teenage girl. Anyway, <laughs> a teenage Martian. But that it's this is a fun movie. It's I mean, this is not a brain buster. This is not a long episode. No. We don't get to get to the existential implications like ex curious case of benjamin button or something yeah like that. yeah this is this is this is gonna be perhaps our shortest episode yeah and you know what we got a lot we benjamin button was very long mm-hmm. and just a three hour 
also drunkenly recorded our discoveries episode, which is going to be very long, like super duper long. So maybe going into Christmas, enjoy this, watch the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, if you haven't seen it, man, you got three movies now. Yeah, three equalizers fun. to sit down with. Crack open a, a bag of popcorn and enjoy. If you are a real sourpuss and don't mm. like the equalizer, don't a real think Grinch. It's very fun. You're a real Grinch in this kind of holiday holiday season. Check in with us at Academy Academy Podcast Gmail.com or on X at the Academy If X still exists. Who knows? You know, yeah. by the this episode comes out tomorrow. It goes down tonight. Who knows? Maybe um, yeah, maybe it'll be on spill. Maybe we'll start using spill. 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 Next week on the show. Hmm. It is a very Scott Scott Christmas Ooh. as we discuss 2023's Napoleon. Currently in mm. cinemas. Who knows? Maybe not in cinemas anymore by the time this episode comes out. But you know, it did okay. Um, yeah, it got like a it got like a 78 million dollar like first week, right? Like certainly people were walking out telling their friends about it though. And how That's it true. didn't exist. It's not exactly. I, I don't say this in a critical way. It is not exactly the film you think it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it, let's just say um, uh, the performance that Hakeem, not a bad performance, but it's not the. I think, I think, it's, it's, a, I think it's fair to say Napoleon is afraid. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that's, that's an indication the, of what kind of movie this is. <laughs> also, a bit of a screwball element. It's it is um golly. It's wild. It is yeah. one of the wildest movies really Scott has made. It's a big weird swing. And I, I, uh, I want to see the four hour version. It. Yeah. I, wanna... I mean Yeah, it's it is not what you'd expect. And if you came in hoping for Gladiator, no, no, no. Hood, King no, no, of no. Heaven. No no no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you gave in desiring a whiny, insecure baby man. Yeah. Back, falling back afterwards into being the emperor of Europe. Then this might be your film. Yes, it's very. Yeah, he gives a, per- a, a performance that is uh, halfway between Joker and uh, an Adam Sandler man child character yeah. from the 90s. Like a big yeah. daddy type figure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd say that as a compliment. It's really yeah. fun. It's really weird. It's it's pre- it's a startling choice. So after that, week after, we end the year with our annual tradition, the mm. 2023 Discoveries episode. As we mentioned, this fiasco has already been recorded. Who knows? how it turned out. I haven't looked at it yet. We have not we'll listened see. to it yet. I can guarantee we had a fun Saturday night. <laughs> it was good, yeah. I may, I may have Maybe driven someone else's else's <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, we'll tell that story on the Napoleon episode next week. Yeah, we got to. God. <laughs> that is like, hey, first time I've ever done that. Hey, first time I've ever heard of anyone doing that. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, it was incredible. I mean, yeah. One second you're talking about some obscure movies. Next second you realize you wore somebody who had nothing to do with the podcast at all. Shoes home. Yeah, I did. It was really funny when you called the the tone in your voice, like, "Hey, well, buddy." Jen was like, "You got a call." So, to 
sum it up, we recorded the episode, then we threw on a video cassette to watch Irresistible Force with Stacy Keach and Cynthia yeah. Rothrock, as people it was, do. Had a it's couple dark. other couple other people over, took a look at the film. Everyone's getting a little sleepy. We had some yeah. beers. Just getting a little tired. Tired. Patrick takes off. Irresistible force ends. Our, our friend who is over goes to grab their shoes and discovers their <laughs> shoes are no longer by the door. There's another pair of shoes by the door. Uh, but um, they were not his. And we kind of put it all together. Patrick may have worn his <laughs> shoes home. <laughs> and we were like, Jen called it. She goes, I think this deserves a phone call. This is not a text situation. <laughs> and Patrick was lucid and fine. And yeah. Wasn't it wasn't even it was just it was late and dark, not so much drunk late and dark. Yeah, it was just and like it was just he was not drunk. Patrick was perfectly fine. Yeah. I looked um, at my I looked out of my he, I was, turned on the lights of my car when he texted me. This was a this is a sober mistake. Yes. An odd one. <laughs> but think to my defense, I, I was wearing slip-ons and yeah, his uh, his uh, his the person whose shoes I wore they fit perfectly. He apparently him and I have the same shoe size. Yeah, size thirteen, big boys, couple yeah. big boys. Yeah, mm. but uh, all is well. But it led to some less. It was definitely a big spoof and goof. It was. Hey, you <laughs> know what? Stuff. Yeah, he got his shoes. It's okay, folks. He got his shoes back. So, if that's how the night ended, you can only imagine how the Discoveries episode went. Yeah, there's some bangers. There, we we had a good list this year. I think yeah. this year the lists were better. What do you it's think? A, it, it was it was. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, let us. Oh, know last it, year the list was good too. So I let can't us know say. via that email. But yeah, two weeks away. We're already anticipating it. But for now, we got Napoleon. We got the discoveries. Mm. And hell, Southpaw. Soon thereafter. Which one doesn't fit? Anyway, for Patrick, I am Don. We will see you next week on the Academy Academy. Awesome. I'm uh gonna go. Uh, I'm late to an appointment. My uh one of my coworkers. He's helping me. Uh, I'm trying to shift from my current job, the security guard. And he's he's helping me, like you know, get in shape and stuff. It's really he, cool. He seems like a real inspiration. It's really. He's always reading. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of twigs on the ground oh it's a trap it's a booby uh, trap he's gonna no. make two <laughs> wait no don't do me you're helping me <laughs> you deserve to be equalized too I had no no idea I equalized it <laughs> <laughs>